In this episode of Full Stack Radio, I talked to Mark Delgleish about why your components should have no surrounding white space and why you should be using dedicated layout components to handle that problem instead. This is Full Stack Radio, episode 134. So the reason that I wanted to have you on the show is you on Twitter are super opinionated when it comes to how people kind of put together their you know, design systems, whether or not that's a dirty word is a whole other conversation. Um, and just like their sort of component libraries in general and how people are actually piecing together user interfaces. And it sounds like you've uh, gone through, you know, a lot of your own pain over the years in trying to get this right and uh, design things in a way that, you know, is maintainable and scalable and uh, easy to work with and also lets you sort of translate sort of the way that your designers are thinking about UI um, as accurately to code as possible, which I I definitely think is a problem that people run into a lot. So I think maybe the best place to start um, would be just talking a little bit about like some of the challenges that you've run into yourself when it comes to building uh, sort of component systems and dealing with layout, I think especially is is a hot topic that I'm curious to get into. Yeah, I mean, so like a lot of people are getting into design systems. And as, as you said, that's a whole big can of worms, even just the term. But, <laughs> you know, at, at, at the basic level, I think the reason it's become so popu- popular is that technology choices that people are making are driving them in this direction. The biggest one, I think, being React. Mm-hmm. That's influenced a lot of people uh, where if you do React well, you basically are building a a component library that leads towards the idea of a design system. Yeah. And so I, you know, so I was on that journey fairly early on. I I got onto react quite early and, um, and I think what happens is people naturally start building up the most obvious kind of leaf nodes, you know, um, buttons and text fields and even, you know, text components and headings and things like that. Um, but what, what happens, I think, is that people run into this problem where, and this is definitely what happened to us, is that as soon as you start trying to compose up larger parts of the UI, you, you feel like the, it's a lot less obvious what you're supposed to do. You know, a button's very easy, but, you know, how, how do I con- construct a page? And in practice, because we didn't really have a good answer, you would just kind of fall back on CSS more or less and just start relative to the the components that you were building it felt like you were just hacking things together and yeah. um for the longest time we weren't sure what you know what the answer to that was like um we we made some attempts and our attempts were basically like very opinionated layout components you know if you want to try to if you were trying to do this very specific layout we had a component for you if you're trying to do something custom well you had to write css and that's fine you know like th- there wasn't a problem per se it just felt like the the productivity benefits you were getting from your components suddenly ground to a halt you know as as soon as, as your you layout just piece them doing together different yeah. yeah so can you give an example of what you mean by like a layout component for like in this kind of uh time period that you're talking about where maybe you have like a very specific layout component for doing something that's really common just so yeah, people the, kind the of know one- what you mean yeah Sure. The one that we had uh, that's kind of notorious because its name was so bad, but it stuck, was we had a component called a sided layout because we had this layout, um, this two-column layout that was very common across lots of our pages Mm -hmm. where you would have uh, a main content area and a sidebar 
um, but the sidebar would collapse on mobile and you would, you could choose whether the sidebar would go above or below the content on mobile basically. Cause it would yep. vary. Okay. Um, and it was, like I said, it was that thing where, because it was such a common component, we were uh, such a common layout. We made a component for it. Um, but if you had any custom opinions on top of that or any other sort of layout, there was no component for you. Gotcha. Um, and how was that component implemented? Was it just like, um, it had like props for the two different kind of content areas? Yeah, it was, you, you would provide, uh, yeah, exactly. The content for each column basically. And you would then, there was a prop to decide w- which order they would be in on mobile. Gotcha. And I think that was it. Yeah. And did you have any other components that were of that nature? Like I'm trying to think in my head, what are like some common layout patterns that people might run into that are still kind of like specific. They're not like sort of general purpose, like laying everything out on the screen in some sort of reasonable way. Like for example, a common one is you have like a header and a UI where there's like a title on the left and then like three buttons on the right or something, some actions, that sort of thing. Is is that yeah. the sort of thing that you would have created like a component for in the past, but just felt like this almost too specific layout component, like a header with actions type of layout component? Yeah, that, that was definitely it. Like we had one for, for the, the buttons at the bottom of a form as well. And we still do actually. Um, that's one that we probably should at some point revisit because I think that that one that's that's another another one of those common layouts that you really want to make sure are the same across pages and it's very easy to just create a component that's like your actions component and um the problem I guess the problem is that you know if you like to me what feels right when building up a design system is that whenever you look at the the source code for a given component it feels like you're just looking at the next level down of abstraction and not just completely bottom bottoming out immediately like um you know you want to feel like your reu- the internals are sort of is its own design system um rather than just everything's got a giant style sheet attached to it and it's just this thin veneer over hacky code you would have written anyway mm. can you give an example of maybe like something that you guys did or they see other people do that like today you would see and be kind of like Ugh, you know <laughs> grossed out by yeah. Oh, I mean, I posted a meme about exactly this point the other day on Twitter. Um, the, 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 the cardinal sin of, of layout now for me is, is white space around components. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was kind of the, the secret that we were really missing uh, when we were originally doing design system work uh, was because we didn't have a notion of layout components and we hadn't fully separated those things, um, our, our naive view at the time was that you should just be able to drop a series of components as siblings and they should look right. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is a really interesting discussion because this is something I've been battling with myself recently. Um, there's this, there's definitely this like appeal to wanting to feel like, okay, I can just like drop things on the page one after another and they're just going to automatically look right. And the spacing between them is going to be correct because this header is going to have the right amount of bottom padding baked into it such that if you put a list under it or a table under it or anything, it's just going to work. Um, but I, when I saw some of the stuff that you were tweeting about, it, it kind of pushed me in another direction and well, it helped me decide to avoid that. Um, so yeah, continue. I'm super interested to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. So that, that's really kind of the crux of the issue in terms of like the two mental models. And I, and I think there is definitely this temptation 
to shoot for what seems like a simpler model that you should just have a bunch of sibling components and they look correct just by themselves somehow. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the somehow is kind of the trick because that's what everyone's trying to figure out. It's like, and because it, it feels like you can make it work in some in, in common cases, and that and that's why I think you get led down that road. That's why we went down that road. Mm-hmm. You know, you make your, you make your headings have space below them, and your text have space below them, and your, you know, and, and and you try and decide, oh, this is roughly how much space this thing should have generally, and this is how much space this thing should have, and um, ultimately, what you run into the, you know, where you really run into issues is straight away you get to. trying to balance white space, for example. You've got a card with a heading, some text fields, you know, some buttons, um, and everything's got space below it. And you realise, well, hang on, the last thing's got too much space below it, Mm, so now what do I do? Um, And you never know, like, when you're just designing a component in isolation, if it's going to be used in that context or not, right? Like, certainly you might be designing a list component that might be the last thing on the page sometimes, but not every time. So how do you handle that if you're trying to bake that spacing right into the component yeah and i and i think um you you can start reaching for things that don't scale you can start to say well maybe i can have some sort of last child selector or something but then it's there's no guarantee that the thing you're targeting will be the actual last child it might be in some other kind of container or and and you and you start to realize like this isn't really working um and uh and the hacks aren't working and you, you kind of don't know what to do. And that's where, definitely where we were. Yeah. So if you were to kind of try and draw a comparison, I guess, in terms of that mindset to just like raw CSS for people that are uh, maybe not as React savvy. In my head, I'm picturing this as sort of like creating um, sort of kind of traditional CSS classes like, you know, dot... Uh, user list or something and in that class maybe there's like a margin bottom like baked right into that like component class and this is what we're kind of saying is like where you're going to run into problems if you start doing that sort of thing yeah yeah exactly so what is like Um, the alternative i guess and and how did you sort of stumble upon it and what have you learned about working with this other approach well, so the alternative, I think I'd seen things similar uh, before, but I mean, we're, in our case, where we were really forced into figuring out a, a workable alternative was when we were trying to solve this issue of, of the balanced white space around cards. So we, we had a, one of the teams that we were working with, um, they were using um, our React components and there were complaints from, coming from the team you know, healthy complaints coming from the designers on the team that they were uh, they weren't able to balance that white space. And when you and say that, you mean like getting like the vertical padding and the horizontal padding to like look visually the same? Yeah. Well, actually, I'd go even like may- maybe there's a little bit more to this actually. So one thing we had in our system for a long time, for years actually, it predated us using React. Was um, and this was off the back of one of our developers, uh, Michael Taranto. He was working with a designer. Um, to try and get closer to what they wanted. Um, there was like our earliest efforts in this direction. Um, one of the things he was really keen on was getting the text to sit on the baseline grid because that's one of the things that designer was very keen on was, was making sure that vertical rhythm was correct. Um, so, the, But the, in the browser, text doesn't naturally sit on the baseline. Baseline being, you know, the bottom of you know, lowercase characters. Yeah, like the bottom um, of an H or something. Not like the bottom exactly. of like a G or something like that. But No, that's yeah. right. So the things that hang down the bottom, they're called descenders. 
but yeah, the bottom of an H or something, that's your baseline. Um, for, visual designers work with that baseline of the text, but the problem is in the browser, um, that's not the way the browser works. The browser more or less centers the text on its line height mm-hmm. um, vertically. And so that means that if you're trying to perfectly match a design that a designer has created with this baseline grid in mind, you're going to find that your your work in the browser is off all over the place and you're going to have to manually nudge things up or down by, you know, pixel values, just yeah. hard coding. Yeah. Um, and this was something that we wanted to fix. Um, so before we like get into that for a second, I'm just sort of curious, like, is this, is what you're talking about here because of like a fundamentally like bad decision in like how the browser renders text? Like we're talking about like, say you have a 16 pixel font with a 24 pixel line height that a single line of text is not going to be 24 pixels tall in the browser because the line height affects even a single line of text in like other mediums and tools is line height treated more just like the space between lines rather than like the height of the area that a single line appears in. You know what I mean? Whether or not it's bad, I guess is tricky and I'm not sure I'm even well placed to answer that like all i can sort of talk to is that is the kind of work i'm doing like the, yeah, so yeah, for example yeah. the, the the big blind spot i have is um is working with other languages like that's not something well working with uh, uh different character sets like um because this is sort of the way english characters work you know like sure, um, yeah. this concept of, of uh-huh. a baseline and descenders and ascenders um so I'm, I'm not sure how well it plays outside of that domain. Yeah. Um, but at least in the work I'm doing, uh, you know, it, in our case, I would say it's, it's, it's definitely frustrating that the platform doesn't have a native answer to this problem where, you know, you think of how much time is wasted of people in the browser trying to get it to look like a picture that's following design, visual design rules, and the browser just can't handle it. Um, you know, if you could opt in or out of different ways of treating the 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 way typography is handled in the browser, that would definitely help. Yeah. Because um, the, real, the real problem that we found is that if, in order to get predictable layout at the component, between components, we had to crop our text nodes down so that in the document flow, they only take up as much space as they visually take up to the user. Um, yeah. So this is like a super interesting, and I saw this, you talking about this in the talk that you gave recently that, that was uh, posted online a couple months ago. And I'm super curious to even understand how this works, but I think probably it's worth talking about just the concept more in general before we get into the implementation. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I, this is the tricky thing because all these different concepts, they all sort of um, depend on each other, right? Um, yeah. May, I'll, 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 I'll um, yeah, okay. So what else? I'm just trying to think how best to frame this. <laughs> so... Yeah. So, well, if, if we talk about this issue that I was having with this team, right, where they were trying to, um, they were trying to balance the white space, the issue boiled down to the text basically, because what mm-hmm. they were saying is they were turning off this baselining feature that I'm talking about of, of, of moving the text down to sit on baseline. They were turning this off everywhere so that they could balance the white space. So and first, what, do you, what do you mean by turning it off? What, what exactly like, were they turning off? So they were, they were reverting back to the browser's native handling of, of, text in within its its line container okay and um that because that gives you equal padding top and bottom it's just that it gives you on each text node but the problem is well visually i wouldn't say padding in a css sense but it means that if you're if you're if you 
because let me draw this um, simple comparison of the issue, right? Sure. If, if you put a, if you put a div on the screen, yep, and you and you give it some height, you give it a background color, right? If you inspect it in your developer tools, the the brow the browser is going to outline, you know, where in the document flow, like how much in the document flow does this element take up? Yeah. And you're going to see an outline that exactly matches that background that you just drew. Like it's one-to-one. Now picture uh, putting uh, a a span on the screen. You've put some text in it. Um, You just type hello world, right? Yeah. If you highlight that with your dev tools, think about what your your dev tools is highlighting a box that goes outside the, the visual bounds of what the user sees. Yeah. So even though it's not padding in the CSS sense, like you haven't added padding to this thing, there is what extra white space at a at, in the layout that is sort of invisible to a user. Like a user, if if you were to ask a user, you know, draw a box around this text, you know, and exactly fit the text in a box. Yeah, especially with a text a, with like no descenders. I guess makes it a yeah, little bit exactly. easier. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you just said just with a marker, you know, on a print, printed out piece of paper, you said draw a box around this text, like to fit exactly it would be really tight around the letters. It wouldn't have this extra, you know, line mm-hmm. height space around it. Um, but if you think about it, like that, that box that fits tightly around the visual text, like that is the way visual design works. I don't think about how much space it takes up technically. Yeah. And so like a concrete example of this that I'm thinking of when working with like my buddy, Steve, who does all the design stuff for me, if I'm watching him like design a card that has like an H3 title at the top of the card or something, he'll always like nudge the text up to the top edge of the card until like the top of the letter is touching the border. And then he'll like shift down, down to get his like 20 pixels of space and then shift right, right to get his like 20 pixels of space from the edge. So he's like imagining like in the top left corner of a card, like a perfect square from the top left corner of the card to like the top left corner of the, text and is that like what your designers are trying to achieve too well so this is this is pretty much like the the core issue here right is it's like so you know if, if i take a step back like what is all this for for me personally I, like i'm a big believer that we should be designing in the final medium as much as possible mm-hmm. um the problem is that in practice what stops that from working is this kind of these sorts of disconnects where if I'm a designer in a traditional design tool where effectively everything's absolute positioned and I can just use my arrow keys to move anything anywhere. Um, I can, I can easily select a bunch of things, move them up four pixels. um, And it's, for me, it's not a big issue, but then at development time, these inconsistencies are a real problem. And so a lot of the work that we're doing is, is actually paying attention to those, those things that designers do that actually translate to a lot of work on the other side and trying to make it so that that work actually isn't there. Sure. Um, so if you, you know, if you want to put some, t- to use your example, if you want to put a heading at the top of a card um, and, you want, and you want equal spacing visually above the top of the text and to the left of the text, you just put padding on the container and you're done and it is equal like well, visually yeah with your system but not yes, like by default right. like if i tried that's to do right. that with bootstrap or something or tailwind even though i don't want to talk shit about my own css framework on my <laughs> podcast um you're not going to get that by default because of the line height like you're talking about yeah that's right so so you have done something in your system to make sure that 
text only takes up like the actual amount of space that a designer kind of visualizes it taking up. So like the height of a capital letter, basically. Um, how on earth do you actually make the browser do that? <laughs> um, well, this is one of those things that I'm sure there's probably a dozen ways to actually do it. You know, we have our way of doing it that to some degree is, is an artifact of history of how we arrived at it. So mm-hmm. don't take this as the, you know, the one true way to do it. Then there may even be a better way to do it. But the, the way we do it is, um, well, I talked earlier how we, we first started by sitting the text on baseline. That had been in there for years. We did that with a transform, a CSS transform on the element. So in order to do this right, and this was using a library called Basekick that we open sourced um, as, as part of this. Um, what this, what, you need in a, to know in order to do this is the properties of the of the font. Like you need to know the height of the descenders um, relative to the height of the font itself, mm-hmm. um, and that allows you to do, you know, a, a percentage transform down to sit it on the line. Um, then what you're left with. Uh, so then it, visually, if you were to highlight that in your dev tools, you would see that the bottom of the element cuts right across the baseline of the text in the document, flow, which is what so, we want. So when you're talking about this translate, you're not talking about, I was confused for a minute about what you meant exactly. You're talking about trying to get like the baseline of the text to be aligned with the bottom of like the bounding box in terms of like how the browser sees things. So the descenders are now going to be poking out of the bottom of the like actually yeah, highlighted right. box. Okay. That's all right. So if you were to put a text note in this system, if you were to put a text note on top of any other element, the descender would actually cut down, sit down on top of the next element. And that's, that's actually what we want. Okay. Um, and then what you're left with is space at the top of the text node. So now you have basically the, what was originally the top space and the bottom space now combined into just top space above the text. Yeah. That's right. And then and then we use, I think in our case, we use a pseudo element with a negative margin, uh, negative bottom margin to pull the um, to pull it up, basically, so that um, like the, the uh, we can't get around the fact that the browser draws a big box around our text. Right. There's no there's sure. no fixing that. Yeah. So what we're just doing is kind of being tricky with its container and, and making sure that making the thing sure that, that it's sitting elements around is, it sort of think that it's sort of a different shape basically by using tricks like the negative margin which makes sense yeah so now you have the the inverse of 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 the the baseline where um you know you're if you have an ascender on on something on on one of your letters that that goes up above the 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 capital letters so in this case now we're now rather than caring about the descender height we're caring about the cap height yeah how tall are your capital letters um you know, there are characters that can go above the height of a character letter, sure. uh, a capital letter. Like an accent um, and that's okay. on capital letters and stuff in certain languages. Yeah, and- yeah that's fine. Um, and so, yeah, again, you'll, what you'll see is that in, until you put space between things, they will actually not just touch but overlap slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is what led us to the, the realisation that layout needed to be a, f- a, a first-class thing in a design system. Because in order to make it predictable, we had to remove it from all the components um, completely. And then what we realized is, well, we can't ship this. Like if we shipped, when we fixed this, um, our whole system was sort of built on this naive idea that we could just stack sibling nodes and they'd work correctly. Yeah. Um, and suddenly like this would not work. Um, everything would just be 
tech because um, now your text would literally be be touching. Like if you sure. had yeah, yeah. several if you had several text nodes as siblings, they'd all be touching each other now visually. Yeah. Um, and so we realized like, okay, we're going to need to provide components that are specifically for spacing things out. So before we get into that, because I think that's a super interesting part of the conversation, I think one thing that's maybe worth clarifying uh, is with like your approach to doing this kind of tightening of the line height, essentially, I think a lot of people might naively assume like, oh, why don't you just use like line height one? Because that just sets the line height to match like the font size. But then, of course, if your text ever wraps, now you have no space between your text. But using the approach that you're talking about, line height like between text is still preserved even though the stuff at the beginning and the end is removed yeah it's funny i keep forgetting this point because yeah I, every once in a while someone comes with this they go um that you know you should have just changed the line height like that's easy um but yeah that's right so that the what's great about this trick is that you can now adjust the line height freely and all you're adjusting is the space between lines when and yeah. if they wrap. Yeah, um, so it's like line height when text wraps, which is like the CSS property everybody wish existed, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so now you guys introduced this concept of layout components um, that are whose only job is to help you arrange these things that used to just like magically stack nicely on top of each other, but now don't because you removed all the white space to remove, just to solve these situations where like, the magic solution wasn't working. We need finer control. So I guess like, uh, what does that look like? Yeah. So, so if you, if you've got these sibling nodes that visually touch each other, when you lay them out, um, there's, there's obviously a a bunch of ways you could solve this. Um, the simplest way is you could have a space component, which is, uh, if you've been doing web development as long as me, it's bringing back the space of GIF basically. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, of, of, you know, a first class, it's this idea of first class space. You're saying I've got an element and I want some space. I want an element. I want some space. Um, what I quite like about this idea, even though it's one of those things that seems like it's going against best practice. Um, the reason why I quite like this idea of a space component is, is it aligns with the way designers think about space. And ultimately to me, that's what a design system is trying to achieve. It's trying to make sure that when you're technically building something out, you're actually using the domain language of visual design and not having to translate all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if the mental model is that space is something you put between things, it means it's a first class thing. It's not attached to something else. You know, it's not that this text node has padding below it. It's that there's a text node, there's another text node and between it, there's a space. Yeah, that's right. I was wondering what I was trying to, think about what you were saying there like it's the, that's the way designers think about it and i was having a hard time with it because i don't think designers think of like well i'm going to inject a spacer block here but you're right that they do think about i have these two things i need to insert space between them and when i'm moving one thing away from another thing it's because i'm trying to specifically specify the height of this space um, and they are thinking about it as like an explicit thing that they're working on it's not like attached to the thing above or below it it's its own thing but the, the funny thing is that the space component was quite a contentious thing. It's like we don't actually have a space component in our system. We, we debated about it internally quite a bit. Um, I think it's, it's the simplest example of this idea of first-class space in your layout system. Yeah. Um, but I also think that you should, at, at least this is my current position, I, you know, I reserve the right to change my mind, <laughs> but uh, space is actually not a good component because really the space between things it it 
how do I describe this? So it's like the space between things is not ad hoc. It's that you've got a collection of things. Um, okay. So let's say you've got a let's say you've got a um, some cards on the screen and you want some space between them. Now you could write card space, card space, card space, and each space has an API for changing how much space it has. It's like yeah. size, small, large, whatever it is. Yep. So now you've got to remember to like set the large on every single space. And if you change your mind, you've got to change every single one of them. And that's almost like a sign like, well, hang on. You might be There's modeling the problem incorrectly, yeah. Right. Like, like space even, is even not- if it's not that big of a technical issue to have to go and change three things it just kind of feels like there's some mapping that's not right here because of the fact that i'm having to change three things yeah so it's more like space space like an individual element of space is more like an artifact of it being within a collection that as a group has a single space uh like size value set for the space Mm -hmm. so that as you iterate on that size all the items in the collection fan out um evenly um, and, and I think that is getting closer to the way designers think. Even, and the, the trouble is uh, sometimes you say that I talk about getting closer to the way designers think. Sometimes designers think uh, at a much deeper level than they realize. Like they, they might think I'm just tweaking this space here and this space here. But really what they're thinking is that there's a, there's a group of things here and the space is small and it's nested within a larger group and that group has large space. Like if they'll be manually keeping those things in sync because that's yeah. what visually look, that's what visually looks correct, right? You've got, it's what tells the user that things are, are related, that things are grouped together. Yeah. Is the equal spacing between the items in the collection. I think that touches on a point or a question. I bet like a, you've probably heard from people before when it comes to this kind of topic is, well, what if you have, a list of four things and the space between the first three is equal, but there's more space before the last one. Um, So I think I know how I would solve that, but I'm curious, like, what do you say to people who ask you that question? Yeah. So I think the way I think about this now is that if the space is differing, it's a sign that you've actually got multiple stacks. Mm -hmm. You might have a stack with two things in it and it's just that the first thing is another stack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that way it means that it, 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 you're free to add and remove items within each of those groups and not have to th- be manually managing these like individual spaces as much. Yeah. Makes sense. So I guess what does this look like in terms of your actual like component library that you work on day to day? What have you created to help you build things this way? Yeah. So so we've kind of separated our components out into the, the layout and non-layout components. And the, the, the non-layout components, again, are kind of the easy things, the buttons and, and so on, um, except that now we've got this added lens of they should have no space around them, yeah. just at all, and, and visually too. That's the trick, right? That's what we've been talking about is it's not just don't apply padding. It's about like a, actually making sure that they only take up as much space in the document flow as they visually take up to the user. Um, and then that lets you focus on creating really good layout primitives that are about arranging those things on the screen. And so those layout primitives are what, um, you know, what we've been working on more recently. And so the one we've been talking about here, the most common one is stack. So stack is, is a component that just accepts any type of child node 
and you tell it what space you want between them and it fans them out evenly. Um, but we also have uh, an inline component, which is for uh, things like tags or badges where you've got many of them, uh, you know, and, and potentially, you know, infinite number of these things are going to go, uh, you know, run horizontally and wrap, but you want the space between them to be equal vertically and horizontally. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's that idea that um, instead of wrangling a bunch of low-level space components between each of the, the items in this collection, it's a single decision on the parent, um, how much should I fan out these items? Um, the real challenge uh, with a component like that is you, you also have to be make sure that it, it, it doesn't just naively you know, add padding to the right and below everything because now you've got space, After blank space at the item. bottom of your... That's right. And you can so, also have issues where like, something that should fit on one row now wraps because like you've added this padding to the far right item and it could have fit if you didn't have that padding there. Like this is a problem I literally ran into the other day. So I'm curious to know like what your technical solution, I guess for that is like your preferred solution, I guess. Well, the good news is that, uh, CSS is going to get the, like we're going to get the, the gap. Yeah. Which um, is like going to be a life (laughs) Yeah. Because that's basically what I'm talking about here is that you, like CSS is actually starting to get this this idea built in, which is really good. The gap yeah. property is is actually kind of the the core idea at work here, which is of the stack component, the inline component I'm talking about, which is that space is between nodes. It's yeah. not it's not a padding or a margin. It's it's something different, right? It's like saying if if I have only one item in this collection, there's actually no space. Yeah, it, there has to be at least two for there to be space inserted. It's kind of crazy that we haven't had that as like a first class concept in CSS until not even yet, really, because it's still not actually in like Chrome, so we can't even actually use it. But yeah, like before, we'd always have to do margin left to margin left to on like every single item except the first one or use like the lobotomized owl selector. But even that like breaks for the example that you're talking about where things are wrapping because now the last element is going to have like some margin left that it's not supposed to have and push it away from the edge of the wrapped line so it's pretty amazing to finally get this concept of like a gap between things and of course the element that you apply it to is the parent element because that's the only place it makes sense which is just kind of like validation of this whole layout cons- layout component approach in general right yeah that's right um so as much as it's it's great news that it's coming it's not it's not even in chrome so it's right now so it's not available yeah, everywhere yeah. it's available in firefox um what we've had to do in the meantime is pretty gnarly. We have to have like a negative margin on the parent to pull. Like we, we have equal, basically what we do is we put an equal um, space to the left of every item in the collection and to the bottom, I think it is, or to the top. And then on the parent, we have to do a negative margin to kind of um, remove that one extra bit of space that's on the top and the one extra bit of space that's on the left. Yeah. Um, it's not, great that it's we not have perfect, to do that, but, it, but works. it works yeah it works like, yeah the only situation i've run into where like that type of solution has been a pain is you're technically like making something wider so i've run into situations where i've made a mistake and created like horizontal scrolling that i didn't want to have or something but as long as that's within another container that has like padding that at least matches whatever the negative margin is then you end up being okay which i think is every real world like ui 
ever because when are you going to design some mobile thing where the badges like are touching the edge of your phone right like you're never going to do that so it ends up just being okay in practice yeah we we had a much more naive solution early on that um turned out to not work which was when we had another one of our layout components was columns Mm -hmm. um well we've got there's it's a it's a pair of components we've got the columns component and the column component and the column component lets you specify the widths of each column and and so on but the columns component is what's in charge of the space um and the problem we found was that um you know the naive thing to do is to say if you say the space is um uh, medium for example um put medium uh space to the left of every column except the first one yep that seems straightforward enough. The problem is that um, that padding that you've added or that space around the columns is factored into its width. So if you say that the first column is a third, you know, a third and the second column is two thirds or something, it, visually it's not going to be a third and two thirds because you're operating on, uh, like one of the columns is visually uh, narrower than what it looks like, uh, than what it is in the document for yeah. Um, and so for us, the kind of what we had to figure out was we have to apply this padding equally to every single column, even the first one, mm-hmm. so that when you start divvying up widths on those columns, it will calculate correctly. Um, and then the negative margin takes care of kind of cropping off that extra bit of space. Yeah, very cool. What other types of like layout primitives have you like discovered in this, you know, approach of trying to figure out like what do we actually need to be able to put together these uis so we've got these like stacks which i guess you probably have like both vertical stacks and horizontal stacks and then you've got this like inline sort of wrapping thing for badges um are there any other big pieces of like this mental model or and especially any ones that you think are kind of like interesting ones that people might not immediately discover on their own that have been really useful for you um, well, the, the other big one I haven't talked about is tiles. Okay. Um, so this is for layouts that we have where it's like, a, you know, a grid of cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so that accepts arbitrary child nodes. So you, and, and you, so you define how much space you want between your tiles, but you, what's also cool is that you define how many columns you want. And, um, one thing that I haven't really touched on, it's maybe more react specific, but, um, our comp- all of our layout components, they, ex- they support this idea called responsive props, mm-hmm. um, which I borrowed from a really good library called Styled System. I don't know if yep. they got it from somewhere else first, but um, it's this idea that, so you, you've got a React component. And um, so in, the case we're t- in this case, we're talking about tiles, right? And you're saying you want to, you want to have a grid of, of cards on the screen. Um, but you've got, this, you've got these decisions around, well, how much space do I want? How many columns do I want? but you want to differ that per screen size as well. So you want to say that on mobile, I've got a single column, but on a tablet size, I've got um, three columns, but maybe on a large desktop, I've got five. Um, You know, CSS Grid does have support for this, but the problem is we have to support like really old browsers that don't have that. Um, So that's one challenge at the technical level. Um, But so so the the trick is that some of your props... um, support an array of values where you're saying so in the case of space right if you're saying i want small space on mobile but large space on on desktop mm-hmm. um, you could provide an array of of these two values and you're basically just saying across it, this, this relies on this idea of you centrally defining your the screen sizes that you're targeting 
Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so in your system, you've yeah, in, in your system, you've configured that you've got you know three target screen sizes, and you've defined the breakpoints. You're now free to be a lot more expressive at the individual component level and say, um, you know, here are the two or three values for my screen sizes for how much space I want and how many columns I want. So if you want multiple columns, you could just pass an array that says one, three, five. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to define those columns, um, and so. That's the, I guess that's the other aspect as well that cuts across all these ideas is that um, it lets you move really quickly to say, okay, well, th this is a stack with this much space on mobile and, and desktop. This is uh, some columns where um, I want, again, this much space on desktop and mobile. Um, I want the column widths to be this and that. Um, and then you can nest that in something like a tiles component and, again, configure very quickly. Here's the space on mobile desktop. Here's the columns on mobile and desktop. And so you're hitting this point where the, the speed at which you can lay out a page and customize it across different screen sizes um, is as fast, if not faster, than a traditional design tool. Yeah, that's pretty powerful for sure. What do you do for um, kind of like, I guess, like page level layout in the sense of, you know, say you're building something where you want like the width of the layout to like say snap to whatever the current breakpoint is, or you just want to have horizontal padding at the edges of the page in general. Are you using layout components for that too, or is that stuff handled at like a higher like page layout component level? Yeah, actually, I, f I always forget about this one. We have a component called Content Block, which does this job of basically saying, you know, what's my max width and mm -hmm. um, center the content within that. And it's got, it, and it also has an option for saying like, how wide is that content area? Because some of our, um, some of the apps that we build are much wider, um, you know, depending on the type of problem they're trying to solve. Yep. Um, and uh, we don't have it yet, but like the, the other idea that, that we're probably gonna add to it in the future is, is like, that's where you set your background colors as well. Because you'll say that this content block is blue. That's not the API, right? But sure. visually, you're saying yeah, yeah. this content block is blue. This one's white. This one's gray, or whatever it is. And then when you start putting content within it, that content doesn't go right to the edge of the screen um, if your screen's big enough. Um, that sort of thing. So that that's another kind of page level lay, layout component that provides that kind of behavior. So does everything always like live inside one of those? Like if you're doing a stack it has to get some horizontal space on the left and right from somewhere. Is that the component that it's always getting it from? Yeah, ultimately, like, like when you're starting the layout of a page, you you will need to drop one of these in the page uh, pretty much straight away. Or, you're, yeah, everything's going to go right out to the edges. Got it. Um, something else I wanted to ask you about that's sort of related to the whole uh, spacer component thing that you said you're not using. For, for just like putting a border between things, are you... Do you have like a component for that that you ever use or is that always built into like your stacks and stuff? Like you have a, a list of items, you want a border between each one. Is that something you always do at the stack level or do you have components for just introducing a line between two things on the page if you need to do that? Because um, it kind of feels like the same sort of thing as the spacer, but now it's actually got like a visible piece to it. So I'm wondering if that changes anything about it. Yeah, the, so we do have a divider component and we've had that even before we, we really figured out the, this layout problem. Um, and, but the, I guess that we were, we were some way towards figuring it out, I think, in the sense that even our divider component had a height in the document flow of zero pixels. 
Um, and the reason for this is we didn't want the divider to throw off the, the, the alignment rhythm. to the grid. Yeah. Because yeah. um, this is this is always where you break the grid. In practice, I've seen this, is you have everything aligned perfectly to the grid. You know, every, if you were to draw, you know, four or, or pixel or whatever it is, grid over the page, everything's sitting perfectly within it. Where you start to throw it off is when you add a one-pixel border to something or add mm -hmm. a one-pixel line between something. Um, and so our dividers take up like no space at all in the document flow. It just absolutely positions an element uh, in place. Um, and then it's your job to make sure that there's space around it so that it doesn't visually touch anything, which is kind of a, you know, that's part of this whole idea, right? Um, we also, uh, because we realize for us, it's quite common that in a stack, you have dividers between all the elements. We've made that a prop on our stack of dividers. You, it's a Boolean, just yes or no. Do, are there dividers between the elements? Yep. And then it takes care of it for you. Um, but it's interesting because I hadn't really thought about it until this conversation that I, I guess everything I said about space uh, not being a great component because it's really about it being in a set, you could equally say that about dividers maybe. Although I guess it depends because sometimes a divider really is just like, you know, it, it, you've got a bunch of content and then in the middle of it, there's a divider. Should that be two stacks? You've got me thinking there. Yeah, it's hard to say, right? It's, uh, it's interesting though because... I mean, at least it gives you sort of a framework for thinking about how to do stuff. Like layout has been like the hardest thing to come up with some sort of, you know, like the universal theory of layout is like something that I feel like a lot of front end developers have been chasing for, for a long, long time. Um, like I remember working at companies where um, people would bake like a margin bottom into a button component, which is like, of course, that's going to like hurt you sooner rather than later even if it seems like a good idea right now and then eventually that you migrate that to okay well we won't put space around components but we'll still kind of like do our layout when at wherever those components meet by kind of adding these margins and paddings onto them like as necessary based on the context and now what we've been talking about here is kind of like the next kind of level above that which is creating like these dedicated components for handling the layout of their children and if you just like decide that's how we're always going to do layout, um, it feels like you can find a way to make that work for just about any problem, at least that we've talked about so far. Like we're saying with this divider thing, like, yeah, maybe it feels like we want to have a divider between things, but we don't really like it for the same reason we don't like spacing components. Well, we can make a component that puts it a divider between things, um, even if it doesn't feel like the perfect solution necessarily, but at least it's like a consistent solution. You know what I mean? There's something nice about like having like having a box that you have to fit the problem into instead of just like letting yourself do anything and then not having a system for your approach at all, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think that ever since we've landed on this, the quality of our conversations around how we, you know, structure the, the, our, the way we build our components has improved so much because of exactly what you're saying it's like we all the big problems are solved and we're really just arguing over kind of api decisions really is what we're talking yeah. about here it's it's the the way the system actually works is still the same like if i introduced a space component into our system it wouldn't break anything it would our, our fear is that it would just prevent people from learning how to use stacks well you know sure. they would just hack spaces everywhere yeah yeah um, yeah and so it's almost like you're better off with the, every once in a while, there'll be a time when you're like, 
there's, there's two things here. There's only ever going to be two things. Can I just put a space there? Do I really have to like wrap it in a stack? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really the, I find in practice that tends to be the exception. And so you're better off. I mean, cause that's the other angle we have to deal with working on design systems is you're building a product for people to use and you want to guide them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you've got to be careful with the sorts of things that you give people because it might, um, you know, get them trained on the wrong way of thinking without realizing. Yeah. Do you ever worry, I guess, with this sort of approach, I guess worry is maybe not the right word, but do you ever think about the fact that basically a lot of the ideas that you've, that have sort of evolved in the way that you do things now for the last while, a lot of them are not really like possible to apply if you're working with like vanilla HTML and CSS, you know what I mean? Like you basically need like a component system like React to be able to even give you the ability to declaratively create a stack or do like that trick that you have to do with the um, text and stuff like that because there's just so much like implementation to it that you need to hide inside um, something else. What, what do you think about that? Like, do you, are you just kind of basically the future is some sort of layer on top of these kind of primitive web tools like react or um i don't know i don't know what i'm asking i guess i'm just wondering no, like I, it just seems like it's uh it feels like you're 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 raising this like i don't know how to explain it but i think you probably know what i mean but yeah i i i know i know exactly what you mean so the thing is that i i guess again if we t- if we step back and kind of go like what what am i what am I trying to achieve here? Like what, what is the vision? Cause it's not the, the vision isn't, you know, b- build some cool react components or something like the, the, the vision is really to say that we should make working in code match the way designers think and work as much as possible so that we can bring them into the fold. And so that we can actually iterate on the real product rather than this constant back and forth. Like for me, that's what it's about. I've, I've spent so much time in my career like waiting on designs to be finished only to have to like go back and say, this isn't going to work. That isn't going to work. You know, this is different from our standards. This is different in this way and so on. And, and, you know, saying, how's it going to work on mobile? How's it going to work? You know, where are the focus states? Where are the, you know, on and on it goes. Yeah. 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 Um, No matter how much a designer thinks they're done with a design, it, every time they hand it off to a developer, it's like, Oh, it turns out there's like 75% of the problems haven't actually been, discovered in this design yet because it's just a static thing yeah and 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 exactly and so like to me that the solution to that problem is i mean there's nothing wrong with drawing quick mock-ups like every industry does that it's more a case of like we shouldn't live in those mock-ups for like days and weeks and think of them as specs yeah just embrace the fact that they're mock-ups and then get into the media the target medium like as soon as is practical um but that's the key point is like what makes it practical is having a system that um, lets you express yourself at a higher level. Um, and if you can't express yourself in a way that's as close as possible to the way designers think, there's there's going to be that divide there all the time. Um, and so the, my concern with, you know, if we really want to push for this vision, my concern is that HTML, CSS in particular, but um, I guess JavaScript as well, like that they're too low level for, uh, for most of those tasks. Like if, if a designer sits with you and sees you write a bunch of divs with, with classes, 
Yeah. And these class, um, these classes, especially, I mean, no offense to you, I love your work, but especially in the class <laughs> of something like, especially in the case of something like Tailwind, where it's like, what are you writing? Sure. Like, I can't even read it. Like, um, so that language barrier, it's like, it's a real problem, I think, for, for, for collaborating. So, um, like I'm a big believer in your work. So the way, the way I think the two come together is you, is you use something like Tailwind, but you use it inside of your React components Yeah. so that when it comes time to build up a page, the, the like developer, designer, yeah. exactly. So the developer, the designer, they're just looking at their own domain specific, like visual design language expressed yeah. as components. Mm-hmm. They're not seeing divs and spans and, you know, with it, with classes a mile long, like even in practice, like, like we have atomic classes in our, in our design system. If you look at what comes out, it's just like 12 classes on, on an element, you know? Um, but that's not what designers see while iterating. And it's not what they see when we, you know, teach them how a design system works. That's just implementation detail. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so I don't, and so I, I think the, 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 the answer really there is it's like, I don't know if there's any getting around the, the the need for having some kind of abstraction component abstraction over the top that it's still within the component. There's still this idea of separation of concerns in the sense that you have to think about accessibility. You have to think about responsive design. You have to think about semantics. You know, you have yep. to think about does, does this work without JavaScript? If I render it on the server, we have to think about all these things like we used to think about 20 years ago. It's just that, we're also scoping it down to a single component that's composable as part of a larger system. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I think that's probably a good place to, to start wrapping up. We've been going for quite a while now. Um, what's sort of the best place, I guess, for people to keep up with kind of work that you're doing in this space, or if they want to check out, like I know the the design system that you use at work, all that stuff is available on the internet. Um, where can people find that? Where can they find uh, the talk that we briefly talked about? And is there any other resources that you, think are worth pointing people to if they're interested in this topic yeah so the, i guess the best place to keep up keep up with me is on twitter um i do post a lot of memes but every once in a while That's i talk the best about this reason sort of to stuff. follow you so <laughs> just be warned um uh um if, if you're interested in the design system that i've been talking about it's called braid design system it's on github it's on npm um one thing that i didn't get a chance to talk about but it's, it's uh you know if you're interested in this in this direction is um, we work on a tool called Playroom, which is an in-browser, um, you know, uh, JSX editor. It lets you write your component code without any of the fanfare, and it mm. renders it right onto the screen. Um, we use that as a tool for for lots of things. One of which is actually getting uh, non-technical people to play around with the components, Very and cool. that's where we really that's where we really get to test the ideas of, you know, is it. Are we coming up with an API that that matches the way non-technical people think? Because otherwise, they're not going to be able to write it, you know, or even read. Like they're not going to be able to read it, let alone write it. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to we're trying to force ourselves with a tool like Playroom that we're building to 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 try and make sure that that what we're building is usable by by as many people as possible. Nice. Is your goal um, with that but, like for designers to almost like at least designers on your team once the system is in place to be able to go in there and straight up design things because i know like you've sort of alluded to you are pretty adamant in your belief that hopefully one day designers aren't using tools like sketch to build these disposable mock-ups that we're actually going to try and re-implement and, and ship to the real platform i i think it it depends on the individual like some some people um can jump right in and and obviously there's a learning curve but they can they can get used to that um 
but I, th- I think at the very least, I think what you, what can you expect from everyone? Um, I, I, the, the way I think about it is that we need to basically just work together more. Like it, um, the designer sitting with the developer, iterating with the components. And mm-hmm. if the designer says, I want more space, I want less space, I want it to look this way or that way. Um, you know, the, the developer can, can keep up and not have to keep saying, you know, oh, give me 10 minutes. I'll ha- it'll take me a while to kind of hack that together. You yeah. know, they can just do it straight away. Um, and so, and, and that's where I think that to me, that's what a design system ultimately is, is for. It's about bringing design and development together at the low level, like at the individual product and team level um, so that they can sit together and work together and actually focus on what the user sees instead of handing things off to each other all the time. There you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Mark about layout components. If you're interested in the show notes for this episode, you can find them at fullstackradio.com slash 134. If you're interested in supporting the show, head over to adamwyland.me slash courses and see if there's anything you like there and pick it up. Otherwise, thanks for listening to the show and see you next time.